Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. I think arguably one of our best cricket commentators now joining us on the program, Garth Galloway. Garth, good evening. Welcome. G'day. Uh, hi, Mark. Thank you. Um, interesting to hear you digress in that way that's uh very interesting indeed i might go and have a listen yeah no very very bright guy brings just a lot of um really good logic to a lot of issues that we that we're made to believe are quite simplistic and in fact there's a little bit more to them so yeah no no anyway uh look um Absolutely hammered last night in the second T20 against India. We ended up losing by 65 runs. Is it time now for Kane Williamson to stop playing white ball cricket? I mean, 50 runs off 48 balls. He's been in terrible form over the last 12 months. But equally as captain, mate, there is nothing original about what he does. Um, There's no risk. It's all just a little bit too predictable. Well, we've talked about this before. And and in the last time we spoke uh, before this series, I was saying to you, I thought that, you know, Williamson had a, a reasonable World Cup, a good World Cup, really, in the circumstances. Um, he, you know, he, he's actually doing about what he always does in T20 cricket. So, you know, his career average, I think, is around 120, his strike rate, uh, and his average is pretty good. So he's doing, to me, he, he's completely predictable in everything that he does, uh, almost robotic, Um and uh, you've got to find a very good player to replace someone with his skills and talent. You know, again, I don't really think he's the problem. Um, he's coming in far too early. In the last two games against uh, uh, Pakistan in the semi-final and in that game against India, he's in in the first over. So he's having to adjust his game and work out where he, you know, what he's going to do now. New Zealand, I think if they're going to back Allen and they're going to keep doing it and saying to him, right, you can just do what you like, which seems to be what they're doing, and it's not going to work all the time. In fact, it's not working at all. But if they're going to do it, then I think you've got to say to Williamson, all right, uh, now, and this is different to what I said to you the other day, you've got to get out there and hit the ball a bit harder and, and we need more from you. If if you're on a side that's going to back Allen and he's going to fail, uh, then you need to get out there and score your runs a bit faster. But I think it's—I I, I do think that's—you um, know—that's a difficult thing because Williamson's natural tendency as a captain will be to build the side and, and make sure that you're not two down for ten. And I think that's a reasonable thing. For me, the problem is in the opening partnership. Okay, what about the no- what, what, what about the novel idea of our coaches actually coaching and going to Finn Allen and saying Finn? This is not always the way. It's not always about just looking to, you know, take the ball on like Brendan McCullum. McCullum was an exceptional talent, the exception to the rule. Where's the coaching going on here with Finn Allen? Because he just seems so damn one-dimensional. And more often than not, yep. he's going to fail with his approach. Well, I said to you the other day, there's a reason that there aren't many players, you know, striking at 180 in uh 
in T20 cricket, and Alan was, and everybody got very, very, very excited about it. But the, the issue that that ignored was the quality of the opposition. He's played 24 matches now. His average is going down. He's now down to 23.5. His strike rate's still at 160. But, but listen to this. Of his 24 matches, he's played eight against Bangladesh, four against Ireland, two against Scotland, two against the Netherlands. You know, that, that for me, uh, you know, so I just ignore the average of 23.5 and the strike rate against those sides because I don't think it really matters. And then we we'll look at the games where he's played against, uh, you know, Australia, England, and so on. He's averaging 18.75, and that includes his 42 against Australia and 62 against Pakistan. So eight innings, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't done a lot uh, except for the 42 and the, uh, 42 and the 62. So, you know, I, I don't know what they're saying to him. Um, he, you know, his shot the other day was another shocker. His performance against Pakistan in the semi-final was dreadful uh, because you'll recall then the first ball he smashed down the ground in the most beautiful fashion. He, was, he then got a review, LBW, and won that and then got out the same way the very next ball. So, you know, we're not seeing... Uh, I just... I, I, I think it's brainless. I said it to you the other day. I think New Zealand cricket have to say, and they have put all the eggs in Alan's basket, and they've said that publicly because they've dropped Guptill. And I tell you, if you're in Martin Guptill's shoes now, you might look on and think, crikey, it's tough watching this. Mm, Okay, behind Finn Allen and Martin Guptill, who have we got? Well, not much, and that's that's the other issue. Um, So... You know, you, you look at. I think if you look at the side and and who you're picking, you're always going to pick. Uh, I mean, Conway is exceptional, and and his. You have to just celebrate what he's doing. Again, I, I would pick Williamson, but he's got to change his game if they're going to back Allen. Yeah. Allen's going to get out early. Yeah. Phillips, Mitchell, excellent. How many world-class batsmen these days play across all three forms of the game? I mean, I would have thought T20 cricket, now that it's been established for some time, is such a specialist game that it requires almost specialist players, a little bit like Rugby Sevens has become. Well, you know, you look at a player like Stokes uh, can do it. Coley has done it for years. Williamson's been pretty successful, really. I mean, a very successful test cricketer, a very good one-day cricketer. And, and a better-than-average T20 player, in my view. But it's not working with them at three and with the, the batsman getting out early. Um, but maybe, as I said to you, he's got to, he's got to hit the, he's got to go earlier if they lose a wicket earlier, and he's going to have to trust Phillips and Mitchell, and I think we're going to have to get a lot more out mm. of Misham as well, mm. uh, who hasn't really been given the opportunities with bat or ball, but, but is not a bad player. Um, you know, I, I think the issue for me is around the captaincy. But when you when you talk about uh, does Williamson stand down as captain, and my view is he should, uh, then you've got to look at who's going to come in and take over the captaincy. So you know, mm. it's all it's all very well saying someone should go in terms of being captain. And, and I mean, I think the player for me who I, I would have as captain at the moment, and it would be short term, is Salvi, because uh, I think he he is adventurous. He's courageous. He would bring a new edge to it. And I think he's a thoroughly intelligent cricketer. When are we going to do an internal review? When are we going to review New Zealand cricket over the last two years from a performance point of view? Um, I mean, I think Gary Stead, I think he's too conservative. I think there's a lot of discussion out there that, you know, you look around the world, you look at what McCullum's done with England. Um, 
that again, if we're to move forward, we've got to have someone with perhaps just a little bit more vision. I wonder whether Gavin Larson's maybe been a selector for too long. There was an opportunity with Bruce Edgar. He quit pretty quickly. Had had a bit of a guts fall. Didn't like the way the set. Didn't like the way things were set up. I mean, what's to happen here? I mean, crickets, I think, is on the cusp. I think the television deal that they've done with Spark has backfired in terms of a lot of people no longer watching the game. The interest in one-day cricket from the 80s and 90s is no longer. T20 cricket, yes, it'll put a smile on your face, but there's no legacy with it. You don't wake up the next day and remember the beating India. Um, We don't seem to get the quality international sides coming here for three tests, only sort of two tests. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, what's what's the solution, Garth? Uh, well, a re- I mean, a review is a good idea. But part of the part of the, I mean, it would be very, very interesting to sit down in a room with Sid and with Williamson and see if they they're eye to eye on everything. I suspect they're not. You know, I, I imagine that they probably want quite different things. I imagine, you know, I mean, Sid's been around for a long time, very good provincial coach, and he's done well with this New Zealand side. And, and I just wonder. You know, and I'm 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 thinking aloud here whether the, whether they are on a different tack and they do want different things. You know, I, I mean, I, I wonder if Sid said to Williamson, "Come on, you need to lift your rate." Um, and it, it's very hard uh, for a coach in, the, in that position to then be saying to Williamson, "Well, you're out of the team." Um, you know, so so the so I mean, I think a review. I'd be looking at a, a three, four, five year plan for New Zealand cricket for the top team and thinking, and including the women. And, in, and and thinking what what do we want and how are we going to achieve it? And, and you and I have talked before about the you know the very poor series we had in India in 2021, where uh, for a very poor declaration by Rahane, we saved the first test by by a you know by, by a, just minusculely, and we were hammered in the second test and made to look very ordinary indeed. And we go over there again. We go, we go to Pakistan in January, and then we play January February. Uh, Pakistan in December, and then we play January, February in India again, and that's going to be a very interesting, you know, challenge. Three, but it's three ODIs in India, of course, two Tests in Pakistan, and three ODIs as well. But I'd be looking at it and thinking, right, how how are we going to achieve these things? And and you've got to have, I'm afraid, again, I'm very repetitive, but where you have a limited pool of talent, and I do think New Zealand cricket does very well by international standards. But as I've said to you, Mark, in the last year, yeah. I see I see the cracks coming in. Where you have very limited talent, you have to have strong leadership. And you've got to have uh, people who are prepared to be adventurous and take chances mm. and who have great cricket brains and are prepared to trust mm. their instincts. There's not enough of that. I want to talk about Daryl Mitchell. Three tests this year against England, three centuries. Um, it might have even been four centuries. I'm not sure. I can't remember now. But a wonderful, wonderful series against England. Did what no player has done uh, touring England. Is there a danger here that we end up um, bastardising his test cricket form by playing him across the three forms of the game? Should we not just wrap him in cotton wool and make him a test cricketer only? Well... It's interesting. I don't think so. I mean, he's he's uh, he's in in his thirty second year. Uh, he what he's played twelve tests with a batting average of sixty two. Um, his his ODI average is sixty, and his T twenty average is twenty seven. And striking at one thirty eight, I wouldn't change anything with him. I'd play him in all three formats. And and for me, he just seems to have this extraordinary maturity uh, mark where he is able to play in those things. I mean, if you saw. 
something happening and, and you looked at this T20 cricket and thought it's really starting to affect what's happening in test cricket, you might think about it, but at the moment, mm. um, I would make hay while okay. the sun shines. Okay, but, but, but we're not winning at the moment, are we? We're not. Yes, we beat Australia in mean, no. T20 cricket. We're not winning, and we haven't been winning now for the last 18 months. So, so what changes do we make? What, what do we do here? Yes, we, we've talked about the coaches, but in terms of, can we just put it down to a lack of talent? I mean, have we got any less talent than we had under McCullum? Uh, well, I think we just got less direction, and and that's because and and there will always be um, an, an evolution. You can't expect the great science to stay at the top day in day out, particularly with our resources. So I think we have to be fair about that. And and as I've said to you before, it's going to get worse before it gets better because Bolt, we missed last night a lot. You saw the Indian bowlers coming on in that T20 game and suddenly the ball was hooping all around the place, swinging like nothing else. Bolt would have swung it last night as well, I'm sure. Um, so, you know, have we got the resources? Well, well, I don't think so. Um, and But but I think under McCullum, uh, through him and through Hessen and co, they had players at the top of the game, and they had a number of top-class players. There are still some very good players in the New Zealand setup. make no mistake about that. But I go back again, and, and when I talk about a three- to five-year plan, um, I've mentioned to you, uh, Patel, Ajaz Patel, took 10 wickets in that test in uh, December 2021. He's bowled two overs in test cricket since then, Mark. It's a disgrace. Uh, they, they won't use him, and bear in mind they lost those three tests in England, and Patel just bowled two overs. So, you know, if, if we're to succeed, and if we continue to succeed, um, and certainly in test cricket, we have to rethink what we do with spin bowlers. Again, I've complained about Satin having played 25 tests in the past, but he's a hell of a talent with the, with the white ball, you know, in the 50-over in the cricket and mm. the T20. I think he's been remarkably good. Uh, but, but again, I just think we've got to pause and really think about how we can succeed in test cricket in the future. That still, to me, is the flagship. And, uh, you know, if we carry on in the same way with this absolute conservatism, we're not good enough to succeed and we're going to continue to struggle. International sides these days have got used to pace. Guys who bowl around 145 to 155 kilometres an hour, occasionally at 160, but around that 150 kilometre mark. Um, We have that in Lockie Ferguson. What has Shane Jurgensen, the New Zealand national cricket coach for bowling done in terms of his development is there any variation what he does I mean what should these pace bowlers be doing should there be variation or are they just one dimensional um, they do you know Milne and Ferguson to me do look just a little bit one dimensional they're both quick uh, you know when you look at what happened with that India game the other night and, and of course we're talking about the white ball stuff there but uh, Surya Kumar his, his innings was exceptional, and, and let's, again, put that, that result into some degree of perspective because you will not see, I, I, you know, I think that's the finest T20 innings I've seen, or one of them. Um, it was just top draw. But what we didn't see from the bowling unit and, and amongst the quicks to me was the, the, the yorker and the pouncer. And I just wondered where those really simple strategies had gone. It was almost like they were just going to run in. They were caught in the headlights a little bit by him. He is brilliant. But I thought that, you know, the, 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 the wide Yorker, the one at the toes, and the bouncer from these guys, from Milne and Ferguson, where was it? Um, I think if, if we got into that situation again, I'd like to think that we'd do things very differently. But, but Ferguson, yeah, look, I, I, um, I think in T20 cricket, 
and Milne, you've got to have a lot of variety. And I'm I'm slightly, I mean, I think Ferguson's record's pretty good, and, and but he struggled a little bit, and, and he struggled a lot uh, last night where he went at 12s and over. Um, but I think, he, you know, generally he's been pretty good. Milne looked sort of a trot to me, but came back better and looked okay. But I think if they're going to be the future uh, with, say, Salvi when Bolt disappears, then you know you're going to have to see a lot more variety. We've seen a bit of it. We saw glimpses of it, uh, but just raw pace isn't going to do it against these fellas. They're too good. Uh, we've spoken a lot, Garth, and we all agree that Test cricket's the pinnacle. What meaning does this series have? What meaning do the short forms of the game have in January and February when we play in India and Pakistan? Why should we get excited? Well, two tests in Pakistan will be interesting. Yeah, I'm, taking I, the I'm tests out of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why should we get excited? Well, it's hard to get excited at times, isn't it? I, I suppose, um, I mean, I think it's it'll be fantastic seeing New Zealand playing in Pakistan again. That's exciting for me, you know, to see uh, to, to see one day, even one-day cricket being played over yeah. there. Um, India again, uh, why do we get excited? Well, let's see how we perform, I suppose. Yeah. You know, I but, want to see us being really competitive. That will excite me. Okay, but but sport's supposed to evolve. Maybe let me reframe the question. How do we capture what one-day cricket did to this country in the 1980s, what one-day cricket did for cricket globally? How do we capture that again? Because I I, I don't think it exists. No, I agree. And, and, you know, I'm in... um in Auckland at the moment and talking to an Indian Uber driver today, he was complaining to me about the IPL, hates it, he said, sick and tired of it. Uh, you know, we talked about the big bash. Um, you know, I, I, I just think a lot of the interest has gone out of them. And I think, you know, part of the thing for me as a, as a watcher and a listener is I just think the commentary is so poor, you know. Uh, the, the, the big bash in Australia, I, I can't listen to it because you've just got the same Australian people who are dull, they don't talk about the history of the game. They don't understand no. language. And they're incredibly uninteresting to listen to. And I don't think it's any better in India. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 and it's a real problem for the game. And I, and I don't think, you know, I think that India, the IPL is now possibly be, being seen to be a problem. And you, you're reading about India when they um, get kicked out of the uh, semi-final so badly by England. I'm reading people saying now, and, and you know, well-respected cricket writers saying that they've got to go and play more T20 cricket all around the world and get rid of the IPL. How do you capture that that uh, that those moments? I think uh, probably playing a bit less of it would be helpful, um, but also you need the characters, don't you? And I think for New Zealand, uh, you know, a player like Glenn Phillips has captured the mm. imagination. You know, I, I get excited when I see him going out to bat. I enjoy, you know, fielding at times is just nothing short of breathtaking. Um, and he's a character. You need characters, you know. Yeah, but we. And, uh, yeah, sorry, go on. You go. No, you go. Well, well, I watched. You know, I just watched the uh, the women's rugby final, and I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic thing. I know that a lot of people have talked about it, but they played with a freedom. And uh, you know, I hope that they don't get constrained in the future and become more corporatized. Because um, that, to me, was an easy game to watch. And the test against England in the weekend, rugby-wise, was a bloody hard game to yeah, watch. Yeah, and, um, and look, I just made that point. I mean, I, you know, I'd love to get Mark Robertson. I'd love to hit him one-on-one. Uh, but you just sort of sense that... Oh, you'll never, you'll never, no, you'll never be able to. No, like a gov- but, you know, New Zealand rugby on the men's side certainly has become like a government, hasn't it? It's sort of uh, very much behind closed doors. A lot of spin doctors trying to sort of control the message. And oh, that's yeah. one of the big problems that's facing sport. Um 
yeah, and it's a big issue. And you know, I think players well, associate. Yeah, I think players associations have had too much power. I think they've let a lot of it, and clearly, um, yeah, the commercial side of it. Well, I, I think that you know, if, if, again, for me, I, I like the romance of the game. I do believe that you know you could have T Twenty cricket being um, very attractive and appealing. I, I do think the crowds will fall away a little bit though. But but we need characters and we need people who are speaking in front of the cameras without media people around them, you know, and being themselves. And I think Ben Phillips offers that. I think we see a bit of it from Mitchell as well. Um, and, you know, somehow we've got to inject some personalities back into the game who people can get to know and love. And if you think about, uh, you know, going back to Australian sides, Merv Hughes and, and players like that, there have been a lot of characters in cricket, but we don't see them now. And, um, you know, they're, 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 it's, it's very corporatised and very get to the next game, play it and get out again. And um, somehow we have to capture the personalities. We saw it with the Women's World Rugby. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm sure it can be done, but again, you know, the, the, the powers that be, there's a lot of, um, I mean, with all international sport, as you know, there's a lot of territory, Mark, and a lot of proprietal behaviour, and um, and people look after their own nests and things, and I sometimes mm-hmm. wonder, um, you know, a, a meeting about the greater good of the game for everybody wouldn't be a bad thing, but I'm not sure you'll ever see it. Mm. Now, Garth Galloway, look, lovely to have you on the programme. Uh, Jordan Peterson, watch the GQ interview on YouTube. Stunning. Leave you with that. I'll leave you with that. I'll leave you with that. As always, Garth, thoroughly enjoyed talking Thanks, to Mark, you. And, and, and look, you know, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next game against India. I hope we'll see some better things. But um, as I say, there's a lot to be done, I think, and it's, it's cultural as opposed to anything else.